Hey there, it's Ash here reporting to you from Bali in Indonesia, just writing my book for U-Turn podcast and the world all about how to work on your mindset. And I've just been so inspired hiding out here in the monkey forest, in the jungle, just me and the monkeys, you know, monking around. And I also was just inspired as I was reading a book tonight called Deeper Dating by Ken Page, all about what it's really about when you're not getting the results you want from dating or something isn't turning out the way you want it to. And I was considering inviting her to be on the podcast. So I figured I'd read this book. And one of the questions she asked in the book that really sat with me was, what are the top three most intimate moments of your life? When did you feel the most intimacy? And that was what inspired me to do this voice note to you all about intimacy and what it means for you and what it looks like for you. Because a lot of the times when we are in our dating situations or in love relationships, we are deeply craving to check different boxes, which I can totally respect as being really important. Everybody wants something different in their romantic relationships, in their friendships. But what I'm finding is that ultimately what keeps something lasting, whether it's a friendship or more, or even a business... Um, I would say is vulnerability and intimacy, really being seen for who you are, really being loved for who you are, and that kind of safety, creating the space for you to transform as a person, for you to hear feedback as a person, for you to be better as a person. And one of the questions in this book that I wanted to impart to you today, just for you to consider is, again, what were the top three most intimate moments of your life? And I think that this question could take some time for you to really think, but it's really asking yourself, when did you feel deeply connected? When did you feel like you were having a conversation or a moment with someone where you were completely in your body, in your spirit, in your soul, and um, in your truth and in your vulnerability? And how did that move you? And what I find is that I think it's really telling when we take a look at what those intimate moments look like, because when we do, we're able to remember those feelings and hold our feelings as a bar for what we're looking for in our life versus the boxes we want to check in the lists that we want to make. And obviously, I'm no dating and love expert. You know, God bless all of the coaches that come on the U-Turn podcast and, you know, educate me. But what I have found is that I totally understand personal development and intimacy. And what I'm finding for me was that the top three answers I had for myself of what were the most intimate moments of my life, number one was hugging somebody that I loved, a guy that I was in a a relationship with after I hadn't seen him for a while, hugging each other for 10 minutes without stopping and in silence uh, and just understanding and loving each other in the quiet and not saying anything, not needing to say anything, just being on the same page that vibrational harmony that only happens so rarely where you're just bouncing or vibrating or understanding somebody on the same wavelength in a way that is beyond words. The second moment that I had come into my mind of intimacy uh, was really interesting, the second and thirds. One was when I was at my own rock bottom, and the other one was when I supported someone at their rock bottom, somebody that I loved. Um, So I don't know if this jogs your ideas of when you had the most intimate moments of your life, and I'm sure after this voice note and after this solo cast, you can kind of sit down and think about it. But what I found was that one of the most powerful conversations I ever had with was one of my best friends I grew up with in uh, middle school. We used to take the school bus together. Uh, high school, we were really good friends. College, we totally stayed in touch. And even now as adults, we see each other every now and again. We catch up and it's such a beautiful feeling to feel that seamless ability to just be yourself with somebody. And all over the years, she's had a drinking problem. And 
it's kind of noticeable, obviously, when somebody has a drinking problem because they're so drunk that, you know, some sort of damage usually will happen eventually. And one of the moments that I realized her drinking problem was really serious was we went to a concert at the Staples Center and she fell asleep outside drunk in a bush. Nobody could find her and we wanted to take her home. Nobody, she was in our ride there and we wanted to take her on the ride home and nobody could find her. And it wasn't until the next day after we were all freaking out and thought about calling the police that she just woke up in a bush. And there's so many different moments. But what I found with her was that people would always judge her and be irritated with her. And I get it. I mean, you you have friends and you hold standards for your friendships and she wasn't meeting a level of standards that people hold for themselves in their relationships. And it's totally okay for everybody to have boundaries. But for me, with her, we growing up together, she felt like family to me. So whenever anybody talked about her drinking as if it was a thorn in their side, I felt a sensitivity to her and an awareness that I deeply wanted to have this intervention conversation with her and that I felt like I was a safe person to do that with her because I really love her and I really wanted the best for her. And it was so powerful and transformative, not just for her, she tells me today, but she says that looking back in her life, that was one of the most powerful conversations she's ever had and the same for me. And I remember other girlfriends of ours coming over and saying, hey, do you want me to do the intervention with you? And I'd remembered in the past they had spoken about her in an irritated way and I totally got it, but I didn't feel that way and I didn't want that energy of irritation to come through. So I remember sitting down with her and looking at her in the eye and saying, hey, I really need to talk to you about something. And I'm asking you to trust me. And I'm asking you to share with me how you feel and not be defensive if you can manage to do that. And she looked at me and I could see she was kind of scared of what I was going to say. And I just started crying and told her, like, I think you have a drinking problem and I don't know if you see it, but I think it's stealing your life. And the amount of vulnerability it takes to not be defensive, to meet somebody in your rock bottom is extraordinary. And the fact that she was able to look at me, start crying, hold my hand and look at me in the eye and say, Ashley, I don't know if I could have heard this from anybody but you. And to feel in that moment a level of intimacy, a level of permission to poke at something that is so sensitive for somebody, to poke at something that indicates a huge life change, a huge identity shift, taking responsibility, going on a new journey, letting go of the lifestyle that comes with drinking and the friendships that probably come with drinking, to look at her and ask her to consider my thought on it. And for her to receive that, one of the most intimate moments of my life. The third most intimate moment of my life, uh, I'll never forget, was when I had debt collectors call me because my first business, after making millions of dollars in revenue, went under and I couldn't pay the American Express bill of 400 grand. And I remember sitting in that shame of feeling like a failure, watching the thoughts go through my head, buying into the belief that because the finances didn't work out, even with all the email subscribers, even with all the customers in my courses, even with me having all these employees and being 27, 26, 28 years old and having had these experiences, feeling like a huge failure and calling one of my best friends, Sarah Stewart, crying to her, letting her hear me wail without censorship, without feeling like I need to tamper or, uh, or damper, sorry, and, and, and make my sadness lighter than it was to really feel it and show her that. And for her to listen to it, for me to feel like she wanted to be there, for her to make light of it when it was time to make light of it, the level of intimacy it took for me to invite somebody into my rock bottom 
is so powerful. So hopefully my story can help you start to see what intimacy and what these moments of vulnerability look like for you in your life. And it can create a set point for you of what relationships you want close to in your life to be able to ask yourself, what are these intimate moments? And do I have people in my life? And who are these people that I feel like I can really step into that if I needed to or wanted to? And who do I want to show up for? Who do I want to be there for in these levels of intimacy? Because I think when you really get radically honest with somebody about where you are, or they're radically honest about where they are without defensiveness, there is a magic that happens that is just beyond words. And it is transformative. It is healing. And I think healing can happen in so many forms, you know, working with one-on-one clients on so many different things in my life. I've, as a career coach, as a life coach, as a business coach, it's like, I've found that I've used healing and my healing approaches through conversation. I'm coaching somebody. But what I'm finding is that sometimes I don't need to facilitate somebody. Sometimes I just need to listen to them and feel a sense of healing. Um, and so hoping that this inspires you to really connect to your body, connect to what intimacy feels like to you. And if you're out there single looking for a man or a woman or whatever you're looking for to recommend just for you to feel this feeling so that you can hold it as a standard for yourself, hold it as a standard for what connection can be like for you. Um, and so that, that way you can value the boxes you want to check and all the things on a list, but you can also really remember that somatic and body experience of what connection feels like for you. So Just some thoughts today on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing this, especially on the gram. I see you guys. It means the world. It really does. And um, hopefully this really sits with you today. And if not, and you know somebody that needs to connect to themselves and their intimacy, you can send this their way if they're out dating, looking for love, and they're forgetting that the boxes they check are just as important as the things they feel and feeling themselves. And what I want to leave you on is this note, never ever rob someone the dignity of their rock bottom. Because what I have learned is that rock bottom is a sacred place. And believe me when I tell you, the two loneliest places I've ever been are the top of the top and the bottom of the bottom. It was lonely on top for me. Like when I made all of that money, when my business was blowing up, when I had financial freedom that I thought I'd never have to work again in my life. It was like, who can I talk to about this? And are my friends going to like me from college if I tell them I'm making this much money? Should I just not tell them? That was a level of loneliness, not feeling understood. And I know it's like white, you know, first world problems, but it was a very weird experience and also rock bottom losing it all. So um, I think that rock bottom is a sacred place where there's a level of intimacy and vulnerability that you can let people into your world and you can have a healing experience of showing them yourself, letting yourself be seen and allowing them to meet you in that because you are never too much and you are always enough. So let me know what you think. Always hit me up on the gram. I love hearing from you. This is Ashley Stahl at Ashley Stahl, S-T-A-H-L. And I'm so grateful to be connecting with you here.